this past Friday, it was the 19th anniversary of September 11th. And I just wanted to take a second and acknowledge that because I know a lot of us on this podcast, we're New Yorkers. I was in Times mm-hmm. Square when the planes hit the building. Stephanie, where were you that day? I was on Sullivan Street between Bleecker and Houston, so a mile north. You were down there, yeah. 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 I said to my uh, roommate, I said, God, those are some low-flying planes, and they sure were. Oh, my God. So. God. Were you in New York at that time, or had you come to L.A. already? No, I was here. I was in, uh, I was in New York. I was in my apartment on 71st between 1st and York, and yeah. uh, I was completely hungover because – the day before was my birthday and that's when I was young and yeah. we used to get really drunk and yeah and uh my roommate yelled out holy shit and I jumped up out of bed and ran and and I heard the jets flying overhead not the planes but like the fighter jets remember right. when the fighter you could hear the fighter jets flying around the well island. that means you slept in because the fighter jets weren't scrambled till about 10 10 30 so you were really drunk yeah yeah I was really <laughs> drunk <laughs> Listen, we're going to talk later about September 11th. Um, you didn't have to say really drunk, Jimmy, just by I the mean, way. You know, I, I, what I, mean, I guess I'm saying is you said it before I did. I just acknowledged it and amplified it. Uh, but <laughs> listen, uh, I know that September 11th is so, um, it's so sad. And, and I had a healthy cry on Friday morning. And uh, I know, I know y'all did too. And I just thought to myself, okay, we need to take a deep cleansing breath and we need to focus on something more positive, right? So as you may know, Thursday, September 10th was Scott and Stephanie's birthday. Really? We deserve something even better than that. So I would like to talk to you about... A new product that I have discovered. <laughs> oh, Jesus. You guys, it's called <laughs> Wendy's Prenzel Bacon Pub. Oh, Let me walk you through it. A quarter pound of beef topped with Munster cheese, three strips of Applewood smoked bacon, smoky honey mustard. By the way, I just got nip on. Warm beer cheese, <laughs> crispy fried onions, and pickles between a soft pretzel yeah. bun. It is so delicious. And soft pretzel bun was my grinder name in college. Scott, you probably remember that. I so do remember that, yeah. I want to tell you this, that the Wendy's Pretzel Bacon Pub currently sits at number eight on the value meal. But if you want to get the chicken version, that's number 11. Substitute the all beef patty for a chicken filet. It's fried breaded perfection. Now, I had the new burger and I told the co-hosts about it. And then yesterday I was up in Ventura County visiting my mother. There happened to be a Wendy's there. I had no choice. I pulled in. I tried the chicken. It was delicious. (laughs) And then last night, it did not take a lot of arm twisting. (laughs) Scott and Stephanie at the Wendy's. So you both tried it last night. I'm going to start with Stephanie. Stephanie. Walk us through your experience with the burger. Rate it on a one to ten scale, and let me know how you feel about it now, a day later. So the Wendy's that is closest to where I live was closed for whatever reason, and so I had to go to Hollywood to get it. Like I had to go from Echo Park to Hollywood, which with a, you know, 
somewhat needy dog um, was interesting because he was like, I have to, I have to get out of the car right now. What does this have to do about the burger? Get to it. (laughs) Well, I was, (laughs) I'm just saying I traveled to try it, Jim. Okay. Yes. I like a commitment. Um, So I committed it to it. I got home. I laid it all out. I put it, I got, I, I cut it in half to see it. To see the magical layers, yeah. all of that, and I bit it, uh, and I ma- I wanted to make sure that it was in a place where all of the layers lined up. You know, mm-hmm. no edges or weird bun or anything. Mm-hmm. It was crispy and oh. delicious. Oh my god! I was okay. I I hadn't really thought about the bacon until I tried it. Yep. And then I I was like, oh my God, there's bacon on this too. Cause I'd been like focusing on the pickle and the Amazing. onion. Stephanie, on a one to 10 scale, what, where would you rate that burger? Are, is my scale all burgers or fast food burgers? Let's compare it to all burgers currently available through drive through service in this great country. <laughs> okay. Okay. I haven't had the Dell Double, but I will give it a solid, like, nothing is a 10 to me, except maybe a Whopper Junior with um, cheese. That's my favorite. So I'll give I'll give it a solid eight. Yes, an eight. That is amazing. Yeah. Because it didn't feel like a fast food burger, Jimmy. It didn't feel like a fast food burger with that That's pretzel right. bun. And the pretzel bun, you know, that pretzel bun stayed firm and poofed right. and pretzely. Yep. Firm until you want some squish, which was also my grinder name. Now going over to Scott, <laughs> Scott, Listen. you tried the burger as well. And I think yes. that your initial impressions were very favorable, right? Yes. I, you know, I, w- I had a honeydew list all day yesterday. I, cl- I had to clean the entire garage. So when I finished, I'm like, fuck it. I actually sent you a video yes. uh, driving. I'm like, I'm going. Yeah, I'm going to Wendy's to get yeah. this burger. The anticipation was, like, was palpable in that video. <clears throat> We're all so excited for you. It was it was fucking delicious. It Amazing. Was really, yeah. I mean, I I was surprised that. And then here's what happened. You know, I don't go to Wendy's much, and I went there and I and I ordered the burger, and then the guy, or the, the young lady, said to me, "Do you want the single, the double, or the triple?" Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't know you could do that. You mm. sure so can. Oh. I got the double. I got two of them. I well, <laughs> I know this is an old joke Christine and I love, but when you go to Wendy's, you know what you're going to want to do? You're going to want to, uh, double up. Uh, uh. <laughs> okay, so. Yeah. But so what I, I got the double. So you enjoyed got, your meal, Scott. And I then. Had lovely fries. I had a Dr. Pepper, not even a Scott, diet Dr. Pepper. What happened next? <laughs> Well, not right away, but shortly thereafter, there was some uh, movement in my uh, intestinal tract. <laughs> okay. Um. Which all of a sudden I go online and I'm on Instagram and Jim Lanahan is going, by the way, Scott has a very bad tummy <laughs> and he's probably going to shit himself. <laughs> like uh, all the, like... <laughs> I mean, Scott, I with all, Scott, with love, I say this. You do have the digestive tract of an 87-year-old lady. You need a healthy probiotic. 
I have yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis on standby with some Activia. Um, I also you know, like, yeah. oh, you need a you need a colonoscopy and an endoscopy no, I don't. so badly that they meet in I'm the middle you. and French kiss. Do you know what I'm saying? Like all the, the way. Spit. It's the yeah. spit. You put I, it hate on the to, spit. I hate to say this, but my my stomach used to be a lot better before cancer. And I think that I something agree. happened sure, after that. So screw you, Lanahan. But yeah, my <laughs> tum- my stomach is not is not the best. And all of a sudden, I mean, this the burger was delicious, and it's not going to stop me from getting it again. Yeah. <laughs> but you I amateured it, Scott. Admit that you I did will the do amateur. that to myself again. And I did amateur it. I didn't get a frosty. But oh, you know, disgusting. we don't drink soda in the house, so ever whenever I get a chance to get a Dr Pepper, I'm going to take it over a fro- over a chocolate frosty. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Do I hear frosty slander? No, no, I'm not slander. I love the chocolate <laughs> frosty. I would never slander frosty. <laughs> Jesus. Just, Everybody's on Scott's gene, you know? How dare you? You almost shit your pants a couple times, and now everybody's oh. all over me. All right, I know. Guys, listen, I. I think we could talk about this for seven hours, but we, we do have a guest today, so we have to move on. Our guest is already in the waiting room, so I'm just going to say this, okay. Scott. Yes. I am just thankful for indoor plumbing, and I'm thankful for multiple bathrooms in your condo yes. because... <sighs> Having my own concerned. bathroom is a big deal. I mean, it was touch and go for a minute. and um, Oh, for more than a minute. Yeah, and, uh, I just wanted you to know that I do have um, three giant boxes of Charmin wet wipes on their way to you in case oh, there's you're any. Oh, the best. I love you, down there. Truth be told, I always wanted to host The View, but I don't exactly meet the lady requirement. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get my friends together and we're going to start a podcast. Hello, I am Jim Lanahan, and these are my friends. Ready? Let's go. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to another episode of Jim Lanahan and Friends. We have so much to get to, so I'm going to go right into it. Let's do a quick around the room. We have everybody's in Los Angeles today. Christine Sinecore. Hi, girls. Scott Sheldon. Dr. John Paul Higgins from a remote in the corner of Los Angeles. Echo Park producer Stephanie Laffin. That's our PSL. And you guys, today for the first time, we have a studio audience with us. We have Danny Happy with us. Hey, girls, we love having you here. Yay! Awesome. Um, it's really awesome. I think uh, when we have a studio <clears throat> audience, it's it's going to make us a little more funny, to be honest, and a little more <laughs> on our game, because otherwise we're like, no one's here. We can talk about farting for three hours, you know, so... I'm so glad you, you're both here. Now, the guest is already in the waiting room. We're already two minutes late. So we're going to jump immediately into the yummy, yummy. Yeah, you got that yummy, 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 I can't go to Taco Bell. I'm on an all-carb diet. God, Karen, you are so stupid. Now, let me get right to it. Stephanie prepared the yummy yummy for us and she delivered it with love last week in wrapped packages so that we 
could unveil the yummy yummy and eat it together we could experience it we could we could you know live the joy of a new flavor sensation in our mouth and scott fucked it up (laughs) (laughs) oh come on now you know why don't you tell everybody where your yummy yummy is right now it's gone Marsha ate it. <laughs> she, it was sitting, I left it sitting on the desk and she saw it and she was hungry and she didn't realize it was for the podcast and she went after it and it's gone now. So you unwrapped it before the podcast. I did not unwrap it. Marsha unwrapped it and ate it. So Marsha is a savage. She just eats She's things that are lying around that don't yes. belong to her. Wrapped in brown craft paper yes. and a Marcia. mile. Yeah. A mile. You think I'm lying? You think I'm making this up and blaming no, it on my saying. fiance? I mean. <laughs> like, oh, I'm, I'll just blame it on Marsha. Well, I'll eat it and then blame it on Marsha. This is what we know for future is that you're going to have to hide the snacks when yes. Stephanie brings them to you. You're going to have to make hide. it more, more clear that they are for me. Yeah, they are, the, they are for the podcast. Are and I just saw you, by the way, Jimmy. You have to use a pair of scissors. Well, because, to open the damn bag. Well, but <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It's not an easy package to get into. I mean, honestly, if I picked this up, and that I was saw my grinder was, name in college. If I saw this package was wrapped up like this. I would not just slap it open. And I know. I actually, <laughs> I walked into the bedroom and the wrap, the wrapping paper was like okay. torn apart, like some animal had gotten to it. So listen, I've opened it up. Do you hear it? I mean, there's ground paper, there's a crinkly, there's this, the tiniest Ziploc bag I've ever seen in my life. I don't know what this bag is manufactured for. <laughs> Cocaine? Snapback. Okay. I was going to say Cocaine. crack. <laughs> Um, oh, <laughs> Stephanie has provided us an assortment of Halloween mini goodies. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm all right. I'm, I'm. I mean, did you just give a fat kid Hershey's products? And don't think I already don't have an opinion on these products, Stephanie. Of course, I already know. Uh, I don't even have to it. I believe they're Mars products, James. Mars. Do they own Hershey's now too? Exactly, but listen, it's the they Twix. Are. The Twix wins all the time. This baby Twix. Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. Oh, is it really? Is Twix bar? There was a Twix bar in there. Mm-hmm. It's be, yeah, it's gonna be Twix. What the and fuck? Snickers. Oh my god! Milky Way. So... Three musk. I feel like there's three not. Musketeers there's not a Milky Way. Toy. There's a Milky Way in there. I agree, yeah. Christine. Three Musketeers three. is for amateurs. Yeah, last choice. See, I I love a Three Musketeers. I would go. I would go Three Musketeers, then Milky Way. Then, uh-huh. then the uh, Twix. Well, right now you're not doing anything, are you? <laughs> no, I'm not doing anything. <laughs> I've actually never had the. I've never have had a the sip Milky of my Way. Water. Um, Milky Way Midnight. I've never had this one before, actually. I just shoved that in my mouth so quickly, Christine. <laughs> that was <laughs> my grinder name in college. I was <laughs> joke, joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, much like the baby Snickers she gave us, the snack size Snickers. In college, I also only had one nut because there's only one peanut in this little Snickers. Yeah. All right, well, I got to say. What do you mean you only had one nut? I don't get it. Now you have two nuts, but you, 
In college, you had one. You got one. The the second one dropped after college. I'll go ahead and let you look up uh, Urban Dictionary what the word nut means, Scott, because it doesn't refer (laughs) to my (laughs) testicle. Well, Stephanie, you've done it again. This is absolutely delicious. Mm -hmm. Mm. I'm going to save two small treats for my afterglow after I talk with Mark. I'm going to need something to help me, you know, settle in. Um, Okay, quickly before we leave, yummy, yummy. Christine, do you have a favorite candy? Out of these, it would be Twix, hands down. Okay, John? Um, I, th- I think I'm, um, Snickers. I will definitely say Snickers. I prefer a good almond Snickers, but regular Snickers will do too. All right. By the way, once again, John, you and I could not be more twinsies about all things food. <laughs> if I see that almond Snickers in the grocery line at Ralph's. It's going down, right? In my cart. <laughs> of course it is. Literally. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, God. <clears throat> On the other day, I tried a white chocolate Snickers. It wasn't as good, but I tried it, you know, because it reminded me of the Zero Bar. Anyway. Now, before we move on, I just want to tell you that Twix now has a cookies and cream version. Just wanted to share that. Oh, my Mm -hmm. God. Uh, Well, that's the second time I got nip on in the past 10 minutes. So, (laughs) all right. I feel like I have to go to the bathroom right now. (laughs) um, Which of the chocolates that Stephanie provided for Yummy Yummy? What's your favorite today? Um, well, Jimmy, I have to say... Uh, All right, and that concludes Yummy that? Yummy. Thanks so much. <laughs> I can't go to Taco Bell. I'm on an all-carb diet. God, Karen, you are so stupid. Okay, you guys, we have an awesome guest today. I am truly, truly excited. Uh, Mark Mester is an anchor here in Los Angeles. And here's why that's a big deal. Los Angeles is the second biggest news market in the country. And Mark is a youngin. By anchor standards, he has climbed the ladder very, very quickly. And, um, you know, he's very sprightly. He's not as old as those other dudes that are on air every day. Uh, And the reason he's done that is because he's amazing. Um, the first time I saw Mark Mester on TV, the, the mere sight of this man put me into a full gay panic, you guys. You try to describe Mark Mester and not use the phrase dream sequence. I'm waiting. You can't I do can't it, do right? It. You it's can't impossible. Christine, I knew you would try. You can't do it. I yeah. tried. Yeah, I, I know. Th- I think <laughs> I could do it. I think if I tried. <laughs> God, this isn't about you. Shut up. So, um, also, I used to refer to him all the time on my Instagram as my future ex-husband until he broke my heart. We'll get to that in a moment. So, long story short, I began paying attention to Mark, though. Once I got over how dreamy he was, this is what I started paying attention to his skill as a reporter, his compassion on the job when he's talking to people in the field, his willingness to be a total goofball on TV if it helps his team create a bit or go for a laugh on the weekend show, his complete generosity when the station promotes a charitable cause, and mostly the seamless way he kind of integrates himself into the news He lets us into just a little bit of his personal life and it keeps us engaged. I think he's absolutely everything a new star should be. And I think that he is a Los Angeles legend in the making, truly. I just want to say it's an absolute treat to have 
Mark Mester on the podcast. Welcome, Mark. Yay. Yay, welcome, Mark. Tim, you're gonna have to be my agent with an introduction like that. I'm gonna. <laughs> wow, I will glad. Really, really touches my heart. Thank you so much. Well, it's all true. You know, I don't, I don't throw bullshit around. It's all true. And um, <laughs> listen, Mark, I want to dig in because the thing about you is that you, you do let us into the personal stuff a lot. Like you take us surfing. We've gone um, extra dreamy swimming with you during pandemic. We've done recently. <laughs> we met your girlfriend. That's going to be a topic for a minute. So. But we don't know a lot about you. So walk us through kind of like the formative years. Um, You were born in Hungary. Is that right? And you immigrated here as a child? So Jim, are we allowed to do gay jokes or is that that sort of not allowed? (laughs) (laughs) That's all we do. What are you talking about? (laughs) I think you can do it. (laughs) Jim, I'm Hungarian. As they, as they say. <laughs> no. God, I was hoping you'd say that. <laughs> Keep up with your audience, as they say. I, yeah, I was in Hungary in uh, 1983, and it was a communist country at the time. So I, I actually, I think I'm probably one of the luckiest people alive. We got to escape a communist country. We snuck out, and my parents were both doctors at the time. And we went to uh, University of Pennsylvania, and both my parents got jobs there. Unfortunately, the marriage didn't work out, but we were lucky enough to come to America. And I don't know if you heard me talking about it on our broadcast, but I, I love this country. I can't even tell you because if it wasn't for this country, I don't even know, I don't even know where I'd be right now. So I, I've, I've done nothing but receive great opportunity from this land. And so uh, in that time, we moved from Pennsylvania to Manhattan, to Connecticut, to Florida, to Southern California, to Northern California, and here in Los Angeles. Wow. My wow. God. So when you think about your childhood years, is there a place you think about when you say I grew up there? Like, was it Pennsylvania or? No, it, it was definitely Connecticut. So I, I lived in a town called, I lived in a town called Greenwich, Connecticut. Uh-huh. Uh, so I was there for probably two years. And then I was shipped off to boarding school when I was 10. And, um, Whenever I'd come home, it was it was Greenwich that I went to. So it was a, a period of like, you know, eight to 10 years where I was going to school and then coming home. But my school was located in central Connecticut. So Connecticut's kind of where, where my roots are. And I, I feel like I feel like I'm always preppy at heart. You know, that's kind of what what I what I started with. I, I, I kind of take it with me every day. Yeah. What, what prep school did you go to, Mark? I went to two prep schools. So one of them uh, is called Rumsey Hall. Yeah. And is a uh, is a Catholic boarding school called Canterbury. Yep. Okay. Hmm. I know yeah, was, I we're know from right. Scott. Christine and I are actually from right outside Albany in Saratoga, where the ponies run. And uh, Stephanie is from Connecticut proper. Stephanie, where are you from? I don't know. He's from Glastonbury. Glastonbury. <clears throat> That's right. I, yeah. I know Glastonbury very well. I had a good friend who lived in Glastonbury. And I also know, I think there's a hockey team in Albany called the River Rats. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're a triple A team for the uh, Devils. I know just a little bit about everything, but not too much. Yeah. Just very little bit. Yeah. I love that. So you, you go through boarding school and then where do you end up in college? Uh, so I went to Santa Barbara City College after high school. 
And I went there for about two and a half years and I actually did really well. It was like the first time I, I wasn't, I wasn't much of a, of a scholar growing up. I was more into playing sports and sort of having fun. And then, yeah, when I went to the city college, I just kind of got my act together, studied really hard, got really good grades. And I got into UC Santa Barbara and I studied uh, business economics there. So how did you end up in communications? It's, it's the weirdest story. I was 20 years old. I was a business major and I had a family friend uh, who worked at Dateline NBC and they said, Hey, do you, do you want to come work at Dateline NBC in New York, New York city? And I said, sure. <laughs> and so I, I, I had no clue about anything. I, I didn't know what logging was. I didn't know what dubbing was. I didn't know what tracks were or packages were, but I went in and I, I, I think I nailed the interview pretty well. And they said, do, do you want a, a summer internship? And I did, and I did it for about three months and then at the end of the internship, I said to myself, yeah, maybe I want to be a news producer. And someone said, you know, you should, you should be a, a news anchor. And I, I just listened and I, I went with it and it, it worked out. I love that you said Dateline because this is uh, totally inside. But like two weeks ago, friends of mine in Albany that do news were like, who's this Mark Mester guy? And I was explaining who you were. And I literally said, He's giving me a Stone Phillips vibe. So it's oh, yeah. so funny that you said Dateline. I love that. Did you ever meet him? Stone Phillips, I think, had the greatest job in news ever. He would come to work, I think, on Fridays for two hours. So he, he would play golf, I think, Monday through Thursday. He would come into the studio for two hours on Friday and record maybe seven intros. And his voice, I mean... Yeah. Even Colbert based his the Colbert Report character off of Stone Phillips, and for a great reason. He has such a magnificent voice, but I think his contract was let up maybe in like 2006 or seven, and I don't think anyone's seen him since, but there was so much money to be made back then. Dateline was on, I think, five nights a week. It was the most watched news magazine, I think, in the history of, of television, aside from 60 Minutes, obviously. But they made so much money, he made so much money, I think he's doing just fine. But yeah, Stone Phillips, he was, he was kind of... He was, um, the, the person I looked up to the most, I'd say, when I was at Dateline. I he, he also had great hair as well. You <laughs> did have good hair. Yeah. yeah. So that brought you to New York. And, you know, most of us are New Yorkers, obviously. And then you're kind of near Greenwich again. Your parents, you mentioned, are at this point not together. So was your mom in Greenwich? Or were you just in New York, a single dude living the New York life? Because that's amazing. That was. Unfortunately, I was 20 years old, so I wasn't even allowed to go to bars. I, I looked so young. It was it was kind of a joke, but I, I really enjoyed working. But my, my mom lives in uh, Connecticut with my stepfather. And so they put me up in a, in a room that they had in the house. So I just took my vehicle to uh, Metro North every day and NBC paid for the, the train ticket. So I'd, I'd get there probably at 730 in the morning and I wouldn't leave till maybe eight o'clock at night. For, like unpaid internship, but I think that's why I'm here right now. Cause I, I didn't try, I, I didn't try to worry about the money. I said, just, just, just show up and, and leave when there's nothing else to do. And that's what I did the whole time. And it, it worked out. Mm -hmm. Well, and when you're 20, you can do that. You can live in New York and not worry about money. You know, if I moved that's, to New York right now, I'd have to make a quarter of a million dollars just to get by. <laughs> <laughs> just if you want to eat. Yeah. Okay, guys, here's my 32nd Greenwich, Connecticut story. So as many of our listeners know, I used to work for Tony Bennett, the 
the world famous singer, Tony Bennett. And we were doing a project. Somebody donated money who lived in Greenwich, Connecticut. And I had to go up to Connecticut to deliver this thank you gift with tickets inside the gift. They put me in a car. I get on the highway. Uh, Greenwich is not far away, but it took probably an hour and a half with the traffic. And I was loving it because I didn't have to sit at my desk. We get to the house. It's a gated house. I push the button. A voice comes on. Sounds a little familiar. I don't know. I go, hi, I'm from Mr. Bennett's office. I'm making a delivery. Oh, yes, please come in. The car pulls me up. The door opens up. It's Frank and Kathy Lee Gifford's house. Whatever. I mean, just me and Kathy Lee hanging out on a Thursday, NBD, whatever. The GIF, talking about football. (laughs) There are a lot of famous television people who live in that area. And it was so necessary, I think, because they they have to get out of Manhattan. As you know, when you're there, it's just so alive. And I think their their jobs are so stressful. They just sort of need to get away. So I think Letterman lived in Westchester. Regis had a place in Greenwich. Rosie O'Donnell had a place in Greenwich. Vince McMahon has a place in Greenwich. I mean, a lot of media moguls really, really mm-hmm. called home. Okay, so you end up back in Los Angeles. You work at a station in Santa Barbara eventually, right? Prior mm-hmm. to coming to LA with KTLA. Yes. And, um, you know, you start in KTLA in 2014. And... You started out, I think, as a reporter prior to getting the weekend anchor job. And what I wanted to ask you about is something I talked with Lynette about when she was here. And by the way, of course, that's national treasure, Lynette Romero. (laughs) She was saying how the process of finding you and settling in with you was particularly interesting uh, because, of course, her co-anchor had um, kind of publicly passed away unexpectedly a few months prior. So I wanted to ask you about that. You got this job with Lynette, and you had to settle in with three very strong female energies. They don't come much stronger than Dana Devon's energy. Liberté is full glamour all the time. And then Lynette's like that mama energy, but she's keeping the ship steady. So... How was that to to kind of audition and see if it's a good fit and then make your place there with those three women? I don't know. I mean, have you ever been in love before? You know, <laughs> with that special person and you don't really have to try. It just kind of works. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know what it is, but ever ever since I started working with Lynette, it, it, it just kind of works. And you know, we, we don't fight. We, we know what our role is and, and we take it real. We, we take, well, how do we, how do I say this the right way? We take the job seriously. We don't take ourselves seriously, but there's something about when she jumps, I catch her. And when I need help, she's there for me. And we like, she finishes my sentences and I finished her sentences. It's something you can't really explain. I just think that I, I, I can't explain it. We were just put in a path and, and it just kind of worked from the beginning. You can't really explain it. You know, you like, how did you two fall in love? It, it just, it just sort of happened. And I, I don't know if it's fate, if it's, if it's biblical, I, I'm, I'm not even sure, but it just kind of, it, it, it worked from day one and it's still working. And I think we're just going to roll with it. 
Yeah, I love that. And I think it's a testament also to who she is as a person as a, and a professional, because I'm obsessed with her, actually, um, not not in a stalker <laughs> weird way, but I watch her. She's literally, it's, it's almost as though she was built in a laboratory to host morning news, like the energy, the approach, the delivery, everything about Lynette's like, I'm morning news. Hello. And sometimes on the morning news, they're like, Lynette, can you do traffic today? Lynette, can you go in the field today? I wouldn't be surprised if one day we saw her doing weather like on stilts. Like she can <laughs> literally do anything they ask her to do. And so I can imagine it was extra comfortable sitting down. But I also imagine if I were in your shoes, Mark, I would have been so nervous because it's basically like a dude sitting down at the view. They're just, they're literally almost like, and you're just trying to get a word in edgewise, you know? Yeah. Um, well, Jim, I've always had a way with women. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> um, I don't I, You know, it was funny. If you ask Lynette about her background, I think you know about this. She was an intern as well. So she sort of started as an intern and she knew what was required to make it in this business. And I think I sort of had the same upbringing. So I think we know, like, you put the viewer first. And it's always, if, if you make it about the viewer, I think everything is going to be okay. And yeah. that's kind of, I think that's kind of what we think about. And then also, I mean, they, they really are the sweetest people. So if you, if you treat others how you want to be treated and you do it while cameras are rolling, I, I think it's going to work out. I love that. <clears throat> so let's talk about what happened yesterday on live TV. Um, <laughs> you... What are you laughing at, Danny? What's so funny? Yeah, Danny and our studio audience watched it with me live. And then I'm going to be honest with you, as often happens on a Saturday or Sunday morning, Danny and I immediately start video messaging each other. We were like, did you see that? Oh, my God, is he okay? So here's what happened. The show Wipeout, which is a show on ABC. <laughs> Uh, this it's kind of like adults go on this big obstacle course. They try to get to the end and win prizes. They sent one of those giant inflatable exercise balls to KTLA and <laughs> Dana had it and she threw it over to Mark. Mark proceeds to, by the way, to the surprise and delight of every gay in Los Angeles proceeds to jump up and down on it, like bouncing on it, like one of those children's toys. Oh, to be that ball. And then what happened was he, he gave it back to Dana. And a few minutes later on the floor, the ball sitting there, you see Mark at full speed run and kind of like mount the ball, but he hits it with his core. It flings him off. He does a somersault in the air. You did a roll. You somehow got up. You, by the way, the blazer didn't move. I don't know how you did that. The hair in the blazer, you know, Stone Phillips would be proud. And then you smiled at the camera like nothing happened. And first, I just want to say, I would have split my pants on TV. I'm so thankful you were in joggers and a sneaker. Uh, because otherwise you would have split your pants. And I love a man that keeps it sensible from the waist down, but that's another story. So other big moments you've done are you cut your hair on TV for COVID relief and your hair was a big deal because it was yeah. good hair and you were known for the hair. Uh, you recently taught, taught kids to surf at a facility in Palm Springs. I know you do a lot of work with Watts Recreation Center, teaching kids how to play tennis and how to surf. 
And it's one of the things I love about you the most, Mark, is that you just give back and you're, you're a goofball about it. You give back, you use your superpowers for good. That's my favorite thing. So why is it important for you to give back? And what is it about kids in particular that you really love working with? You know, uh, like I said, I, you know, I, I really am not supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be, I was supposed to be in a communist country. So I was just given so much growing up. I, not, not necessarily money, but I was given opportunity. So when I see great kids who are, that there's nothing wrong with them, they just don't have opportunity. I, I think that's my role to sort of step in and say, this is where I can come in and help you. So that surfing thing, I don't know how kids who live in Watts would ever get to go surfing. But if I can use my platform, I've got a, a fair amount of connections in the surfing world. If I can use that to give those kids an opportunity that, that not even normal civilians get, I just think that that's what makes me feel good. And also I, you know, I grew up with doctors as parents and I really didn't get a whole lot of attention. And so I always remembered what it was like being a kid and wanting to have maybe like a father figure or maybe just having like a, a parent around to sort of coach you and, and teach you how to do things like, like tennis, like go surfing. So I always look to kids. I don't know if you know about the Watts empowerment center, but th it's an area where children are basically raising children. And a lot of the, uh, a lot of the parents are in, it's not easy to say this, they're, they're in jail. And so the, the dads aren't around and it's really difficult for them to get supervision. So I really, no, I, I didn't have that upbringing, but I, I think I, I, I kind of related to them. I, I knew what it was like to maybe be in an apartment all day and not having your mom come home. And, and you know, it was it was always so special for me if I could go play tennis or, I would go, you know, I, I'd go to like a backboard and go hit. I was I was always saying to myself, if I were getting a position where I could give back, I, I, I'm going to do that. And also, I, I have such a good job. I, I, I think I've, I've, I've been promoted at such a young age. I've been so lucky. I feel it's only appropriate that... I take any of the free time I have and I, I give it back to people because I've been given so much. So I only feel it's, it's necessary to give back if that's a good enough answer for you. Oh my God, it's the perfect answer. Um, I'll it's okay. You. It was an okay answer. The, <laughs> that's a great think, answer. Uh, you know, I don't know if, if you remember, but like I grew up watching uh, Looney Tunes, Bugs Bunny, and he would often say, jokingly what is the meaning of life and they Daffy Duck would play this violin while he came up with the answer and I truly think uh, as I get older the meaning of life really is to just give back and make life better for all of us it's not about money it's not about all the trappings of life it's you know so generosity is absolutely my favorite attribute in a person and I think you espouse that so beautifully and I'm going to tell you Mark it's not for me it's even bigger because when I saw you surfing with those kids that day in that wave pool. I was in a full ugly cry because you're not just giving back to those kids. You're giving back to all of us watching you give back. And it's the circle of inspiration and generosity that just touches me. And I, I bawled. I think I sent a video to our friend Danny crying that morning. Um, so just thank you for being you. It's amazing. Well, this morning, I thought was a difficult day on the news. Um, two LA Sheriff's Department employees were ambushed overnight in their squad car and they were shot point blank in the head. And then as if that's not tragic enough, when the officers were brought to the hospital, there were protesters outside of the emergency room blocking the entrance and yelling, let them die. And 
I watch you every weekend with Lynette and I know you kind of, I know your style. I know the energy. I know your delivery. I love news. I've, I watch news almost like a hobby. And today was a not a normal Mark day for me. Um, when you talked about it, you did that story at the top of every hour. You were on air for five hours today. So you did it five times. I heard it in your voice. I heard sadness. I heard frustration. Um, and I just wondered, like, on days like today, when we're going through Black Lives Matter stuff, when we're going through COVID stuff, Los Angeles has been hit really hard. As someone whose partner is an EMT, and as someone whose parents are doctors, how do you hold it together in those moments? And how do you still somehow deliver the news, but give us a little bit of hope at the end of it? Because what you did today was you reminded me of why everything was happening, why that was important. I put context of it and I was able to move on with my day. That's what a good anchor does. So how, how are you getting through these times? Uh, I, I just think I have a responsibility. Um, Lynette and I have a job and so does Liberty and so does Dana. And I, I got to tell you, I, I think sometimes it was a couple months ago. I, I, I had a really, a really rough Saturday, I think, where I just, I was just really sad and I felt so bad because I feel like we steer the ship, but I think people really rely on us. And as my father, who's Hungarian, he always tells me his, his favorite saying is uh, noblesse obliged and it's the noble have an obligation. And I really do feel like I, I have an obligation to um, not only inform, but to keep people uplifted, especially during these times, because, you know, I think for a majority of us, we're taking this pandemic seriously and it's not easy. I haven't, I haven't seen my parents in a really long time. I, I get to see my dad, but I haven't seen my mom, which is really difficult. Jim, I know how important your mother is to you. And so that's really tough. And I think I've been to five restaurants since the month of March. And that that's tough because it takes you out of seeing people and talking to them. So on a personal level, it's really tough. But there's something about when you sit down on a desk and the lights come on and you just have to make that connection. I think you have to be human but I still understand the importance that you guys are coming to us for information, but at the same time, you're coming to us for hope to say at the end of the day, it, it's going to be okay. At the end of the day, it, it may be tough, but as my dad said, the, the show needs to go on and it, 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 and it does go on and it's, it's not easy, but I think, you know, something about when the director gets in your ear and he says, Q, you know, it, it, it just, it just flips. And I understand that it's not about me. It's about you guys. And so I, I just think about you guys. I think like, you know, I, I've got to hold it together for you so you guys can get informed and, and still be happy when it, it gets to be 11 a.m. Well, I'm usually sad when it's 11 because my friends are going away. <laughs> I also... Stay so, longer. We need, we need time off. Well, selfishly, if y'all could start at like eight and then maybe work until one, because I always miss the first hour and a half at least because mama needs her beauty sleep, Mark. I don't, I don't know how you guys get up and look so pretty at 6 a.m. and sound articulate and read a prompter. I could not do it. That's a good question. I don't know. You just, you, you just do it 10,000 times and it just, it, it just becomes like muscle memory. Yeah. Okay, I uh, it's it's uh, we're gonna let Mark go in a moment, y'all, because Mark, as I just mentioned, has been up since early, early this morning. So this is our final question. I've saved the best topic for last. It's a little bit of context, um, as you know. I love a question with some context. So 
There are days in our country that live in infamy. Um, the bombing at Hiroshima, a day we'll never forget as a country, September 11th, 2001, of course. You guys understand what I'm saying here. Well, I need to add another date to the long list of days that will live in infamy, and that is August 14th, 2020. Uh, prior to that date, Mark had all the women and gays in the greater Los Angeles area wanting to take a private moment to do what I call Mark Mesturbate. And oh on August 14th, Mark broke our collective hearts when he announced kind of viciously. I mean, and I don't, you know, I didn't get a phone call first. It just happened. It, I had to read about it online, but he made a post that he was in a relationship with a Los Angeles EMT named Isabella Muir. Did I say her name, her last name correctly, Mark? Uh, you know, that's, I think that's just her handle, but it's Isabella Mur uh, Murray. Oh, okay. Isabella Murray, who, by the yeah. way, is, I mean, to say that this girl is a phenomenon, like she is gorgeous. She's blonde, the biggest blue eyes in the world. Like for a minute when I saw the pictures, I was considering flipping a leaf. It's a whole thing with Isabella. And she's a freaking EMT, which, you know, doctors, nurses, EMTs, they are heroes, teachers. I want to add teachers to that list. How did you meet her? And uh, how long did you hide this secret from us, Mark, before you went public mid-August? Um, I, I, I guess hide probably is the right word. I've, I've been seeing her for about a year and I actually met her. Um, I was on, I was on the set one day and I got a direct message, uh, on Instagram and it was from Isabella and she asked me if I wanted to go meet up with her sometime. And I, I don't want to sound like a jerk. I, I do get a lot of messages from people and <laughs> yeah, I, I, I usually just ignore them, but I, I looked at her, I, I looked at her, like you said, um, she's, she's the most gorgeous thing I've ever seen in my life. And we actually had a mutual friend who followed me and I followed him and he's a really nice guy. And I thought that if he followed her, she was obviously a, a decent person. So we made plans to meet up on a Sunday after the show. And we did so in late June of last year. And we met up at a, at a restaurant uh, pretty close to where we live right now. And we had a conversation. And I knew probably within the first five minutes that she was, she was the one. Wow. We, we oh my real, I know. I know. She, she's, she's, she's younger, but she knows what she wants. And she's really mature. But like you talked about, she's an EMT and she fits that mold of that. She puts others before she puts herself. And that's how I live my life. And if you see how she is when she works with patients, you know, her favorite types of patients, I think, I think are the ones who are most vulnerable. And so the fact that I found someone, I think, who's very much like me, I, I, I always look, you have to protect the most vulnerable people. The most vulnerable people in our society, those are the ones who need protection the most. And she adheres to that, to that philosophy, and I do as well. And so, yeah, ever since, we've pretty much been inseparable. And it took, it took a minute or two to, to talk about her publicly, but 
that's that's kind of personal stuff that maybe we won't talk about too much. But um, it's it's been amazing since since we've we've gone public, at least Instagram official, with our relationship. And I I really do feel like the luckiest man in the world. I mean, it makes perfect sense that you're dating an EMT, to be honest, because of everything you've told us in the past 30 minutes or so, you're just all about kind of bigger picture stuff, giving back, taking care, raising people up. Of course, you're dating somebody in a helping profession. I, I'm just, I was going to say, Jimmy, didn't you DM Mark the same way on Instagram? How many times have I DM'd you, Mark, over the past year? Mark, come on! <laughs> Mark, do I need a wig? What's it going to take? <laughs> and Mark ignored my DM. <laughs> wow. I'm going to have to check... Just, just, just do it one more time and say, "Hey, Mark, it's me." Just giving you a hard time. But Dan, but Danny and Jim, you, you guys did get private messages from me after yes. we did the post, right? Yes. You absolutely did. No, I listen. It's one of the things I love about you the most, and uh, I, I don't mean to embarrass you, but you are absolutely everything that you look like on TV. Like you are. As I say, you're a dream sequence. You're incredibly smart. You are incredibly good at what you do for a living. You're giving back to people 24-7. And then your money is where your mouth is. Like, you'll send me a message. Oh, by the way, you're also hilarious. We're keeping it PG-13 right now for this podcast, and he's sitting in a Catholic home. But the things Mark will send to me privately are not PG-13. He is, he is the most funny. And like, but so... Not to embarrass you, but of course you're dating this amazing woman. You deserve each other. And I actually think that, to sound a little bit like Oprah, the universe puts those energies together, right? Like nothing is by accident. And if you were on the other coast, you would have a similar Isabella energy over there. It's Because it's not always even about like the person. It's about the energy and the intention. And that's what attracts us to people. So Mm -hmm. I think you're amazing. Uh, I do want to, I'm going to, listen. I'm officially going on record. I can help with any planning that needs to be done. I'm not going to say the W word, but I'm good at planning. I am an expert cake eater, Mark Mester, (laughs) and I can help you pick out flavors. Thank you for not making the gay joke. I I was tip of my tongue, Jim. I can't. (laughs) (laughs) also i want to say like i could even be like i'm good at the social medias i don't want you to have a chris evans moment like happened over the weekend i I said i think you do actually (laughs) (laughs) by the way got your number not to get off topic but during one of dana devon's entertainment reports today she was like i have to talk about something that makes me very nervous and mark said under his breath but mike open said is it those Chris Evans pictures? And I was like, that's why I love him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was my morning actually, because when Dana was reading, I just, cause I, I see all the memes and they are, they are beyond funny. So, um, yeah, that was my, I, I was just, I was, I was trying to keep my composure because you can't, you can't sort of fall off the rails, but that was, that was my favorite story of the morning. I mean, it was so good. It's so delicious. Um, I, and I was miserable because I, I did not screenshot the picture. And you know who sent it to me? Danny Carter sent it to me. She was like, girl, I got you on my dick pic. Don't worry. So that was perfection. Uh, Okay, we need to wrap it up because Mark has to go to bed. Um, So everybody, please, please, please check out Mark Mester. 
you know, my favorite thing about KTLA is that you can stream KTLA from your phone. So if you're not in Los Angeles and you're listening to this show, which is about 1500 of you right now, go open up the KTLA app and every morning on the weekends for five hours, you can let the dreaminess of Mark Mester and Lynette Romero wash over you. He's Mark Mester on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. He just started a TikTok. I love your TikToks, Mark. I'm, I'm getting some help with the TikToks. Is, Isabel is a lot better at that than I am. Mm-hmm. So she's my TikTok curator at the moment. One of Mark's first TikToks, by the way, was Mark making his signature crepes. Mark loves a crepe-related entree, and he makes a delicious Nutella crepe cake, which might be nice for the wedding cake, not that we're saying the W word out loud. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I sincerely just want to say this um, out loud because I know people, Kathy's in our studio audience today and Danny's here. And and I know I speak for them. I speak for everybody, Mark, when I say um, COVID-19 was a scary time here in LA and it was a sad time and we were stuck at home. And I remember in the beginning in March and April feeling like Mark and Lynette were my friends and it was going to be okay because I had them to lean on. I looked forward to the news. It was musty TV. Like I would wake up early just to turn it on. Um, y'all really became extended family and I have laughed with you and I've cried with you watching the news and it just means the world, what you guys are doing every weekend. And I just wanted to officially say thank you and we love you. Well, well, thank you. We, we, we really love you guys too. Our our viewers mean everything to us. So right back at you. All right, you guys, that is the amazing, super dreamy. Mark Mester. Thank you, Mark. Thanks, Mark. Bye. All right. Later, guys. Love you. All right. Mark, thank you. One, 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 one. Bye. Christine, did you know the Jim Lanahan and Friends podcast is supported by Jim Lanahan on Cameo? Why, yes, Jim. We talk about it every week on the podcast. But I love Cameo, so tell me more. Well, repetition is our best friend, right? If you go to Cameo and search for Jim Lanahan, you can order a personalized message from Jim Lanahan, and all proceeds go directly back to supporting this podcast. That helps us keep the podcast for fun and for free. I love free things. Girl, me too. Also, every cameo order not only includes a personalized video from Jim Lanahan, but also grants you admission to our live podcast audience. You get to watch us record this podcast and see all the content that doesn't make it into the final version. That makes you a Jim Lanahan and friend with benefits. I love friends with benefits. So go to cameo.com today and search for Jim Lanahan to get your personalized message and support this podcast. That's cameo.com. Search for Jim Lanahan. Just on the night, like the fourth of July. Cause baby, you're a firework. Come on, show you work. Make him
welcome back to the show. Hey, um, honestly, Mark Mester's a firework, don't you think? Oh, yeah. I mean, did you... My pants were hot. Did you feel that animal magnetism between... Yeah. Right? It made me uncomfortable, really uncomfortable. Right? It was like, you guys, stop undressing me with your eyes, Mark Mester. I don't think I got the same. I don't know if I was at the same interview you were at, Jim. And today's Scott's last day on the podcast. Okay. (laughs) Well, I know he was saying his girlfriend's name was Isabella, but I mean, honestly, it sounded like he was describing you. Yeah. I mean, if we're being honest. Yeah. Yeah. Big blue eyes. eyes. Yeah. Yeah. Gorgeous hair. Maybe you know what's happening with my carpet. It could be blonde down there. You don't know. So good. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going We there. love living in it. delusion and grandeur. No, I'm not doing it. Oh my God. I'm holding out hope one day he will decide that he enjoys the company of a plump older man. And maybe that's when the magic will happen for us. I don't know. With blue eyes, with blue eyes. Blue eyes and blonde carpets. Yeah. Maybe okay. when he needs that AARP <laughs> You don't know You don't know I'm just saying yeah. Well John you know where the AARP discount works Wendy's on that new chicken pub sandwich Ew. <laughs> oh, Yeah and then you need it for the health insurance When you go get your <laughs> That part Yeah. When you wow. need diabetes Biopsy <laughs> Speaking of dating significantly older, today Christine is bringing us the Cougar Corner. Oh Lord, won't you bring me a cougar? A middle-aged lady makes sense. Cause Lord, I could use me a cougar. A woman with experience. Alrighty. Well, Tomorrow, I start a new job at a new company, which I don't want to disclose the company, but let's just say there are going to be a lot of younger men working there. Uh, And while this job will be remote at first, eventually it will be in an office. And so I'm just really looking for some advice or tips on how like virtually I can start, you know, getting things started so that by the time I get into the physical office, I'm on the ground running. So I want to talk to you about two things. Uh, Mm -hmm. Number one, I want to talk to you about background and I love an alliteration. So number two is boobs. Okay. Okay. So let's start with boobs (laughs) on a zoom call. Such as here on the podcast we record on Zoom, you could be. I mean, I, listen, I've I've didn't want to say it out loud, but you could be giving me more tits right now. You could be flashing us more bosoms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> everybody, everybody who's not on the Zoom, you need to become a Jim Lanahan and friend to see Sean oh my gosh. pushing his bosoms together and shoving them into the camera. It's so good. Oh my God, that's a lot of Stephanie right now. Stephanie, I'm turning your camera off. How dare? Um, 
But so, Christine, what can you do to give us more bosoms? And number two, for background, maybe a sensibly placed sex toy in the background. Oh, my God. Oh, a blow-up doll. Something that what? says, I'm professional, yet party in the back. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. No, I totally get what you're saying. I mean, I was trying to think of things that, like, would attract, a, you know, a younger man. Um, but I, you know, I was really at a loss. I mean, I was, I was thinking like something maybe stable, like baked goods. I'm no, assuming no, that's no, always no, a no, 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 no. no, no. unless okay. you're one, unless you're chasing younger lesbians, they love baked goods. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. See, th- thank God I have you guys because I, yeah, yeah. I need to be really young Christine, when you get there, you, you need to be bossy. Okay, you need okay. to be a little <laughs> bossy. Like, hey, you know. <laughs> Every yeah. once in a while, a little pat on the ass as they walk okay. by, you know, okay. be a little, just a little, mm-hmm. they don't, you don't want to be reported to, uh, uh to HR, yeah. HR, but just close enough. You know yeah. what I mean? Just you know what enough. I just thought about? This is really <laughs> funny. Cause you're on, you're on zoom calls and Skype because it's mm-hmm. remote, but so, but you could still do the pat on the ass virtually. Yeah. So, yeah. It might be awkward, but say, okay, so I'll practice with you now, Christine. I'm playing the role of Christine. You're okay. playing the role of younger man in the office, okay? Okay. Mm-hmm. And even though we're just talking about accounts receivable, all of a sudden I slip this in. Mm-hmm. Hey, Chris, uh, is that a new pair of khakis? Those cakes are looking smoking hot. And he's like, but I'm sitting down. You can't even see them right now. And you're like, give it time, Chris. You know, like, (laughs) I like it. Well, I actually have on tomorrow, there is going to be a young man physically delivering me a laptop. So I feel like this is really where where I need to. You need to answer the door in a towel. This is it. it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. You need to. In a towel. Oh, I forgot you were coming. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot you were coming. Towel drop, you know? Yeah. You yeah. want to come inside <laughs> totally. for something to drink? Yeah. It's so <laughs> hot out there. Take none of their advice. Yeah. Take none of their advice. The only problem is, is that I don't have a doorbell in my apartment. So I have to go downstairs to the lobby to let him in. Even so. better. Even better. Yeah. I think young Dick is worth a little public humiliation. So You're just right. go right down to the street, you know? Just yeah. half naked. I forgot you were coming, but still manage yeah. to get all the way through the building pretend the like elevator. you're on the phone like oh i'm sorry i'm so busy this morning i, I haven't gotten dressed yet <laughs> and you know just come on come on hurry up quick like and then the towel kind of slips as you're you know you're holding on to it just, just <laughs> go go for it why not Let me tell you for someone who is just telling mark mester he's so thankful there's another straight guy on you're really good at picking up young dudes scott <laughs> well i used to be one so I know. <laughs> I remember what used to get me going. You know? Oh my god! I had a manager once, and well, <laughs> at a restaurant I worked at, who uh, was considerably older than me. She, I was also uh, thinking when um, when he goes to hand me the actual laptop, maybe there might be like a prolonged hand contact and eye contact at the same time, yeah, yeah. just like. Just awkward enough so that he, he feels uncomfortable, but not too much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You don't want to make him feel uncomfortable. No, you make, no, no. You want to make him feel welcome. 
Yeah. I also want you to have a, um, an older people who watch Saturday Night Live will understand this. I want you to have a sweaty ball style conversation <laughs> with him. Like, like, so I just want you to be deadpan and be like, his name's Luke, okay? <clears throat> uh, Luke, thanks for coming over. Uh, wow, that's an incredibly large ram on that laptop. Thanks, Luke. And he's like, sure, sure, Miss Sinecore. Is there anything else I can help you with? I'm going to need some connections, Luke. I'm going to need you to perhaps perhaps you could help drives. Perhaps you could help me with my box. <laughs> you could remove my box mm-hmm. later. There are God, so many connections to be made, so many things to be plugged in, Luke. Do you like cats, Luke? I've got one. You know, and then you just bring them upstairs, introduce them to tell. Would you like to see my pussy? <laughs> Scott, Scott, oh, we can't need a full five minutes without someone saying the P word. <laughs> Good Lord. This is, I, 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 oh. all right. Well, that wraps that up. Scott's ruined the cougar corner. So. <laughs> you ruined yummy, yummy and the cougar corner. Today. It was my cougar corner was my grinder name. <laughs> now, um, the next segment that Scott may or may not ruin is John's. News report. Um, John, I have some difficult news. Okay, I guess it can wait. <laughs> I forgot how funny that is. <laughs> I love it. Hey, so John, much. what's going on in the fast-paced news office? Okay, so as a journalist, you know that my job is responsible for, or one of my jobs is looking for information slash news that um, everyone can use. So randomly, as I was uh, per- perusing the interwebs, I found a story about a British parrot who can sing Beyonce songs. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know. There is a bird in this world who can sing Beyonce songs. And I personally think that that is the best thing that I've ever found on the web. That's it. Did you hear the bird singing it? Yes, there is an actual video at the Lincolnshire Wildlife Park. There is a bird. What is his name? His name is Chico. His name is Chico. And he breaks into songs and he can sing Beyonce's If I Were a Boy. Now, even more, he also has his own Instagram account. And he also can sing Poker Face by Lady Gaga, Firework by Katy Perry. We'll need that for your break, Jim. (laughs) And he can also sing Crazy by Narles Barkley. (laughs) The best news ever. ever. That is pretty exciting. John, I feel like you need to adopt Chico and bring him to California. Yeah, I could, but my husband doesn't like birds, so <laughs> I don't think that he would actually do well in our home. Mm. Even ones that sing Beyonce, though? Nope, we don't do birds here. I mean, so. that's pretty Just impressive. imagining what that would sound like, like a bird singing, <laughs> I were a boy. I miss Mark Mister. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's not one of my favorite Beyonce songs, but it's so still impressive. So it kind of sounds just like Beyonce when he sings it. Okay, Scott. You know what? So you have officially ruined, <laughs> ruined three it. segments ruined of this show today. <laughs> three segments, Scott. Oh, my God, Scott. I don't know what got into Scott. Oh, uh, you know, I'm being ganged Scott, up is it on crack? today. You That's smoke the crack? problem. That's what's happening here is I, I'll pick on Scott uh, oh, since Scott. before this show even started. Oh, Stop. I think everybody's like, look, let's just pick on Scott. Scotty now that we have a, a no, an no, Scott, Scott, you, no. let's pick on the straight guy. Scott, is it crack? I get it. Do you smoke crack? <clears throat> Not today. No. <laughs> you ruined my segment. You ruined Christine's segment. Now you ruined John's segment. Like, yeah. and then we have Jim sadly saying, "I miss Mark." Yeah. This is this is an yeah. episode. Is as as you're talking, Doctor John is telling his story about Jim's a bird, like, and then Jim's like, "I miss, I miss Mark." Mr. So you might as well let's just move on to Scott's segment. You know what? Let's move on to Scott's segment so we can just ruin that. Yeah. Let's go ahead and do it. Ruin my segment. We're in no, the segment, we can John. Move on. I might, though, uh, book Chico the parrot to sing at Mark and Isabella's wedding. Uh, <laughs> yes. That sounds like a sure hit. You have got Mark. It's going to be Mark Mester on the brain forever now, isn't mm-hmm. it? Now that you've actually. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Like, that's different from any other day. He's <laughs> Mark Mester. Who got videos of Jim crying? Like Alan oh, Mark gosh. announced it. Jim, hysterical, upset. It is a true story. And Mark actually <laughs> re- reposted it to his Instagram account. <laughs> oh, that is so sad. Yeah, I think one job I am pretty sure I have, I'm sure Mark and Isabella will um, be hiring me to be the director of LGBTQIA plus communications. Do you guys just want to skip mine because you're just going to talk? No, I, I want to see I mean, what you're going to bring to the table since you've ruined everybody's well, segment today. I, I, I mean, okay, honestly, Mark Mester's talking back about you right now. Please halt. And now sports with Scott Sheldon. That's Butch. <laughs> okay, Scott. Okay. So, uh, as you guys know, I'm sure. Uh, yet, I'm sure you know that the NFL started this weekend, uh, Thursday. I don't the, really uh, follow hockey. League. I don't follow yes. hockey. So, <laughs> two things today uh, was uh, the first time uh, Tom Brady was not in a Patriots uniform in the NFL. He now plays for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which I didn't know. I didn't know if you knew that. He also uh, they played the Saints today, and the two quarterbacks not only were the oldest quarterbacks in the NFL, but they also hold the most records in the NFL. But that's not really why I want to talk. He lost today for the first time. He lost 34 to 23, which was great. If you, if you know anything about the NFL, most people hate Tom Brady. So <laughs> it's a good thing. Um, but what happened on Thursday, Thursday was actually the first night of the NFL. And it was the Kansas City Chiefs versus the Houston Texans. And what the NFL did and what the teams decided to do was have like a moment of what they called like a moment of solidarity after the uh, anthem, you know, with all the 
hullabaloo about the anthem. One team didn't come out at all for the anthem. And another team, like a couple of folks kneeled. And then they all got together, both teams, and they held, they hugged arms. They held, like they all got in a line and hugged each other. It was great. And the entire Kansas City crowd booed. They booed the whole situation. So go fuck yourselves. <laughs> Is it over yet? Here was, you know, Jim, I was trying to make a point. I was trying to be, you know, I'm sorry I didn't have a football player that sang Beyonce tunes. I really am. <laughs> And I'm sorry I didn't have any tips on, uh, you know, maybe uh, banging a high school kid. But hey, <laughs> you know, oh, don't, don't I was just trying to say. I'm just trying to say. I'm banging a high school kid. I did have plenty I'm of sure tips. You have actually. plenty of tips. <laughs> but let me tell you something. I was trying to make a real statement. So there you go. Okay. No, listen. Right. Now listen. you listen. Scott, uh, we're all but, paying attention. And you have our undivided attention. Now go ahead. Go tell us your point. No, I'm done. No, it's, it's, I already told you my point. The, the, oh. the, the fact that the audience booed what was supposed to be the. Make <laughs> your point, Scott. Scott, I'm done. Scott, I'm done. Please, I'm Scott, no, together. because I'm gonna make. I'm gonna say it again, and you're gonna put the Jeopardy music on. I know. I know. I'm not Charlie Brown. I'm not gonna wait for you to pull the football out from me. I'm not doing it. Scott, we're all. Scott, we're all dying to hear a, a sports metaphor. Please go ahead. Go play with your balls. How about that? All that's, right, that's everybody. And that concludes Scott's. I mean, Scott was really 0 for 4 today on the segment, <laughs> right? He really... Uh, okay. <laughs> Scott, I actually have no idea what you were trying to tell us. And I do feel a little guilty yeah. about it. Should we move on uh, or should we yes, try to go back? I was just trying to make a point about... I'm not going to do it because I can feel the music starting. I'm not Let's doing it. Both of my hands are in no, the air. My hands are feel not the football the being pulled out from under me. <laughs> I do want to say that this week I was admiring some of the football players in their pants and their pads, and they looked really attractive. Okay. So, mommy, yeah, that's the point I was trying to make. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, you guys. Um, let. Let's jump into some uplifting <laughs> news. I'm really going to move on. If you really don't want to talk about it, I'll move on. No, I already told you, you know, I just couldn't believe the fact that they booed, the, you know, the NFL went out of their way to uh, have a moment of solidarity between the players. It was 90% black, not, you know, the players in the NFL. And, you know, it, they all got together and they, they made this point and, the, the fans booed, which didn't make any sense to me. I mean, I'm like, what are they booing exactly? The, the black players or are they booing the, the, you know, the fact that they, it just didn't make any sense to me. And I still, you know, mm -hmm. I have many friends who are NFL fans and, you know, nobody has an answer for it. Everybody think, you know, it's just been, it's just abs absurd to me. It's obscene. And there's quite a few Kansas City Chiefs fans that I know that, are embarrassed by it because they were in Kansas City. And it's, it was almost like a racist type situation. 
I mean, that's all you can call it. So that's I'm done now. So you can move on. Okay. I'm finished. I'm going to mute myself now. Bye. <laughs> I love that Scott just tried to dramatically mute himself. It's like, oh, we heard this. We heard this. We heard. <laughs> you, you guys are going to miss me when I mute myself. You're hey, gonna I'm going to hang me. up the phone really I'm hard now. I'm myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well done. Well done. Scott, Scott, I've signed you up for a dramatic exits one You know, I'm just the, I'm sorry, I'm the only one who actually brought some depth to this show to this this week. Okay, that's all I want to say. Well, thank you for calling me basic. I appreciate it. You ruined my segment. Yeah, Scott, you ruined everything. I want a divorce. <laughs> no, I guy. listen. I, I oh, your life is I so hard. Yeah. Huh. I it's so hard being means. straight and white in this country. I swear to God. Uh, another fun sports moment here in Los Angeles is when the Houston Astros arrived to play LA. All of the LA fans sat outside the stadium and booed them and heckled them as their bus pulled yes. in. I thought that was awesome. I loved it. Very cool. Yeah. <laughs> See, I'm super sporty, Mark Master. Yeah, that's impressive. Hey, oh, here we go back to Mark Master. It's not happening, Jim. <sighs> it's not happening. I'm going to mute myself again. Again, ruining someone's segment. All right, let's get into some uplifting news, you guys. Um, As I mentioned at the top, top of the show, Christine, Stephanie, Scott, and I have strong ties to New York City. Uh, Collectively, I kind of added up the years. We lived there collectively for over 60 years, the four of us. And uh, that's a long time. And we live in California now, of course, but New York City will always be our home. And as Mm -hmm. such, we took pause on Friday to remember the events of September 11th and pay tribute to all those who passed on that day 19 years ago. I learned something new this year on September 11th that I found really inspiring and heart-touching. Cantor Fitzgerald is a huge financial services company and one of their home bases is in New York. They used to occupy 101, 102, 3, 4, and 5, all five of those floors in the World Trade Center. And Cantor employed almost 1,000 people, 960 people worked in that building every day. And on September 11th, 656 of those people died. So two-thirds of the Cantor Fitzgerald company died that day when the plane hit the building and they were trapped above the fires in the World Trade Center. On that day, Cantor's CEO, Howard Lutnick, lost his brother and he lost his best friend. They worked at Cantor Fitzgerald. However, he somehow gathered the strength that night to hold a conference call with some of the surviving Cantor employees. And he told them, we have two choices. We can shut the firm and attend our friends' funerals, or we can work harder than ever and help these families. You guys, the decision was unanimous. Canton Fitzgerald, Wall Street's most venerable bond trading firm, would rise from the ashes. But Lutnick did not stop there. He worked with Cantor's executives to develop a plan. Eight days later, on September 19th, 
Cantor Fitzgerald told its employees that they would distribute 25% of the firm's profits to the victims' families, and they would do that over the course of the next five years. Additionally, they would provide those families health benefits, full coverage for 10 years. So over the next 10 years, Cantor handed out more than $180 million to the families and fulfilled its promise to pay the health care. And as if that was not enough, Lutnick instituted a policy that stands at Cantor Fitzgerald to this day. Any child of a Cantor Fitzgerald employee who died on September 11th is guaranteed a job at the firm forever. They just have to raise their hand and say, I lost my parent that day, can I have a job? And they employ them. And many of those children are becoming working age now. And so the tradition of generosity is still very much in force in 2020. I had no idea Cantor Fitzgerald did this, but I'm thankful to hear it. And we need more leaders like Howard Lutnick in this world. Do you hear me, Donald Trump? As I always say, friends, use your superpowers and money if you have it for good. Remember, we want to hear from you. As always, send me your good news stories so we can talk about them on the podcast. You can find me on the Jim Lanahan and Friends podcast Instagram page or send me a private note at jimlanahan.com. It's a pretty amazing story, isn't it? Yeah, that, I didn't know, I've never heard that before. That was, that's, uh, that's intense. All right, you guys, um, that brings us to the end of another show. Let's wrap it up and tell our listeners where they can find us. Christine Cinecore is C Cinecore on Twitter and Facebook, on Instagram, Christine Cinecore on the websites, christinecinecore.com. Dr. John Paul on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and his website, drjohnpaul.com. Scott is Scotty Sheldon on Twitter and Facebook. On Instagram, he's Scott A. Sheldon. And also, Scott Ruins Segments. Also, never mind. I'm not going to say it. And his website is scottysheldon.com. Stephanie is Chicky Laugh on Twitter and Instagram, CK in Chicky. And I am Jim Lanahan. And you can find me at jimlanahan.com on Facebook. I am Jim Lanahan on Instagram, Jim Lanahan. Please remember that we have a Cameo. All proceeds support this podcast. Go to Cameo.com, search for Jim Lanahan. And the podcast group on Facebook got 17 followers this week. So if you want to go and connect with other followers, you can search Jim Lanahan and Friends podcast group. That is a mouthful. Jim Lanahan and Friends podcast group. And if you like that page... You can post there your thoughts. You can react to my thoughts because I post there. And it's a great way to connect. All right, friends. Thanks for another fun week. And Scott, Scott, there's always next week, Scott. So (laughs) you know what? Is there? Is there next week? (laughs) We'll tune in to find out if Scott has a next week. (laughs) Oh, my God. Fortune teller. Okay. (laughs) Talk to you later. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. As you shoot across the sky
We've it's never hard. been this mean to Scott. I know. <laughs> really? Jeez. <laughs> I was being mean. I was just being honest. <laughs> <laughs>